Welcome, everyone, to Family Talk. It's a ministry of the James Dobson Family Institute, supported by listeners just like you. I'm Dr. James Dobson, and I'm thrilled that you've joined us. Have you and your family been out to the movies recently? If so, you were probably faced with the same dilemma a lot of Christian families are. How do you find something that's appropriate for the whole family and has strong Christian values? Unfortunately, it's really tough to find those films today and, and still stay true to your beliefs and convictions. Welcome everyone to this Monday edition of Family Talk with your host, best-selling author and well-known child psychologist, Dr. James Dobson. I'm Roger Marsh, and today Dr. Dobson welcomes to the studio Dr. Ted Baer, the publisher of Movie Guide, a Christian family guide to movies and TV. He's also the author of the new book, Real to Real, 45 Movie Devotions for Families. On the first part of this conversation, the two men will discuss the vileness of the entertainment industry and the dangers of what kids watch and listen to. Dr. Bear will also explain his approach to redeem this medium and how the good news of Jesus Christ is transforming hearts and lives. With that said, let's listen now to part one of their informative conversation right here on Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. You know, we have uh, talked extensively on this program about the moral decline in this country. And we continue to see Western nations, not just America, but in almost all Western nations, deteriorating. And it's alarming to see just how wicked and perverse the culture has become. And uh, a large share, not all of it, uh, obviously, but a share of that decline is uh, related to the entertainment industry and the attribution of the moral uh, deterioration uh, can be traced to that source. That's an overstatement. I know the news media and the book industry and and many other sources play a role, but uh, certainly Hollywood and the entertainment industry are uh, certainly at the top of the list. And this wickedness is given center stage uh, today and is regularly celebrated by the culture. When horrible, evil things take place, it's as though there's been some kind of victory. Uh, Christian parents are on the hook today because they have to identify the threats to the value system uh, that's being taught to their children in public schools frequently and uh, certainly on the Internet, and it seems like it's coming from every side. And their job is to protect their kids from these influences. And uh, we're going to talk about that today because we haven't the studio with us, a man that I respect very, very highly. I've known him for many years. I call him Ted, but his name is Dr. Ted Bear, and uh, he's doing as much to defend righteousness in the culture and especially in the entertainment industry as anybody I know. He's a film critic and an author. Uh, he has actually written 35 books. He's the founder and publisher of Movie Guide. We're going to talk about that today. 
It provides uh, families with an in-depth look at movies through the lens of biblical teaching. He's also chairman of the Christian Film and Television Commission, which seeks to redeem culture by informing the public of the efforts of media and the entertainment industry to change the culture. Dr. Bear has a wide educational background. I'm going to take the time to, to tell you what it is because I think you need to know. He graduated from Dartmouth College, summa cum laude, with a comparative literature degree. Then he received a Juris Doctorate from New York University School of Law and uh, attended the seminary for a while. He is also the recipient of a Doctorate of Humanities from Belhaven College. And uh, like I said, he's authored 35 books. Uh, Ted, I'm delighted to have you back with us today. Oh, it, it's great to be back with you. I, I consider you one of the great friends and one of the great blessings to the Christian community. So thank you, Jim. Well, you're kind. Uh, did I overstate what's happening in the culture today. I know that you feel that there's a lot of good that's going on, too, and well, I don't disagree I, with I, that. Look, there, there's always been people that are that are attacking you know, Christians. In Rome, it was abhorrent as they were persecuting, but, you know, you had a small group of uh, apostles who overturned the Roman Empire, which was, yeah. in the fullness of time, it was a Kairos moment, what we call it. A lot it. of them paid a, for it with their lives. paid though. for it with their lives, and we need to be able to do that today to stand for it. And Wilberforce and people throughout history have stood against the forces. So I... I think that you would agree with me uh, that we've got the wheat and the chaff. The wheat is always growing up with the chaff. There's some good wheat out there. When the evil triumphs, it breaks my heart. Usually the Christian films do better. The more Christianity put, usually it does better. Uh, last year, just as an example, movies with positive Christian content, strong Christian content, mentioning Jesus, a strong Christian worldview, and all of that averaged about $55 million at the box office. Movies that were anti-Christian Average about seven million. In the top ten movies, eighty percent of them had strong Christian content or worldview in the United States. And in the top twenty-five, uh, there were only one with perverse content, which you would consider perverse content. Mm. So they don't usually do well. But sometimes audiences get confused. This is why we do movie guide. We're concerned about audiences so they can make wise choices. I was on a radio show. You know the host and. Um, and somebody called in, and the boy said, I've got discernment. That's why I can go to these bad movies. You know, we have to reach these kids and the parents. And then one, the host said, my daughter was going to a movie, read the movie guide review, and decided not to go because of what she read in it. Mm. I want to see these people make the decision, the kids, the 14 to 24-year-olds, to support the good and reject the bad. And the movie guide does a review of the movies and – and warns parents about what's not good for their kids and so on. You know, and we don't tell people to go or not go uh, because you immediately get the backlash from kids. What we do is we try to help people develop discernment. So we say this could be great quality, but it's an abhorrent film, or it could be not so good quality, but it's a wonderful Christian film that you should support uh, for its, uh, you know, its acceptability. And we go into the acceptability. It's got uh, we do 150 criteria, and the criteria 
help you make a decision that this is what I want to see. This is what my children should see and give you a reason for it so you can argue the case yeah. for what you want to support. You've been at this a long, long time, as long as I've known you. <laughs> right. Uh, but you did not grow up in a Christian home. No, I grew up in the entertainment industry. My parents were stars. And I love my yeah, parents. Your, your father was Tex Allen. Tex Allen. He made 12 Texas Ranger movies. Uh, he rated next to Tim McCoy, another star that people don't remember, but he was a great star. And he did 62 movies. He won the Box Office Award in 1936. And my mother won the, the Wampus Award, the Western Association of Motion Picture Distributors. And so um, they were significant. Fame is fleeting. But I grew up as really in the far left and in, in, in a world that didn't have faith and values. Uh, now you had all that academic training. But you really never encountered Jesus Christ, or at least you never understood who he is. Well, I wouldn't have found him in any of the schools I went to. <laughs> you know, uh, I found him much later. I, after getting out of law school, uh, some friends of mine, I won't tell you the backstory, but uh, we were doing a lot of nefarious activity. And they said, can you help us start a film company? Would you do the legal work? So I did the legal work, just like the form I signed for your organization. And I said, no, you've got to pay me. And they couldn't pay me. So I had to raise the money to pay myself. And during that process, uh, which was really uh, a horrendous process, the industry is built on this whole uh, house of cards. And so during that process, uh, four women were interested in my father. My mother died when I was young, and they were all Christians. They'd all come to Christ through Billy Graham. They all loved Billy Graham. One of them supported Billy Graham to the millions of dollars. What a testimony. And they, they witnessed to me, and I would reject it. And finally, they said, read the Bible. You've had all this education. So I didn't want to read it. But when I did, when I started reading Matthew, halfway through Matthew, it changed my heart. And then I went to one of their friends' house, and she said, would you like to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I said, yes. And I married my wife a week later. So they took. I stopped the drugs. Now, why did you do that, Ted? What what drew you? What uh, voice did you hear inside that said, I want a friendship with you? You know, if you had to boil it down to the simplicity of the gospel, one that all these things that I had done, which were nefarious, a lot of drugs, How bad. Uh, bad enough that if you had talked about it here, they kick you off the air. So yeah. I threw a big drug party at Dartmouth, and I showed one of my father's movies, uh, one of his old horror films, and uh, one boy whose father was the head of MGM blew his brains out, and another boy lost his brains, and so it it uh, hurt a lot of people, and. Uh, you know, when I read the good news, one that uh, John ten ten that the thief comes to steal, to kill, and destroy, and that's often the case in our lives. Uh, he wants to steal our happiness, our joy. He wants to steal our possessions. He wants to steal our marriages. He wants to steal our children. And when he can't do that safely, he kills and then he destroys. And so God and Jesus says in that verse, He said, "But I come to set you free and give you abundant life." And all the things I had before are nothing compared to what I have now. Now I don't have a big salary. I, I'm a missionary. But I have more today. I've got a loving group of children. And my children are all missionaries and conservative. And my son in Iraq, who's a major, preached at his little church service last week. I'm happy about this. Yeah, I'm, you, I'm, you actually, I'm enjoying it. You actually went to seminary. 
right. uh, but not to become a pastor or a member of a church. I didn't know anything about Christianity, and I figured this would be the – I love school. Look, I've, yeah, I've studied a lot of schools. Yeah. Uh, you know, not on my resume as I studied at Northwestern University Graduate School of English with Torsiano when I was working for NASA. I studied, you know, at Columbia University Film School. I just like school. <laughs> so you throw me into a school and I'm equipped to do well in school. Some of my favorite people who are successful in life are not successful in school. But seminary was uh, terrific. I had some great professors. Very few of them knew the Lord. One had gotten a double PhD from Lund. And I don't know what you know about Lund, but that was the most conservative seminary in uh, Europe for many years. And you preach, they had a cross built in front because one person in the 17th century forgot to talk about the crucifixions. And they put a cross in front of the pulpit. You know, I, I wonder if we don't share something in common with regard to the work that we're now doing. Uh, if I had to answer the question, what do people say about you when they come up to you? And it's usually about raising their children. Uh, and then I, if I ask them, what do you think I do? What do you think? Focus on the family and the previous life and uh, family talk now. What's my primary objective? And they will say uh, to save families, to make marriages better, to raise children. All those things are good, but they're secondary. My number one objective is to introduce people to Jesus Christ. And that that that's powers it. what that's, you're that's, doing. That's what it? I want to do. I, we do this big gala in Hollywood. We give out awards. One of the heads of a studio came and said, you're the only one that will give us an award for the studios anymore for a big film like Incredibles 2 or Boss Baby, $490 million. So we give out awards. We get there, all the team, and we preach the gospel. We just give them the good news. And uh, it's like going to church. And we have wonderful people come. We have wonderful – C.C. Winans came last year. How common year. is it for a producer or director or somebody uh, of substance in Hollywood, if there is such a thing, uh, to call you on the phone and say, Ted, Every day. I want to know more about your faith? Well, about faith, it's probably once or twice a month or so. But has for help – to reach the Christian audience is almost every day. And sometimes it gets to be so many. Today, I had a director who's been directing for 25 years, and he wants me to look at something. And another one who is a star in television wants me to help him with this. So every day, somebody's asking. Are they every open? One of those Are they open? Are you winning people to the Lord? We see people coming to Christ the most. You know, at my class that I'm teaching in two weeks, I have one of my best friends, uh, and he had written and uh, directed over 150 films, including some of Oliver Stone's best movies. He did Path to 9-11, which was a great success on ABC. He was Muslim. His son came to my class and took the class, a little four-day class that I do. He wrote a script that was abhorrent, and he came to Christ, and then his, went to Reform Seminary, and his father has come to Christ, and he went from making very violent movies to making Young Messiah. So we see people coming to Christ all the time. The person, Is there anything that gives you a greater thrill than that? Nothing. The more these people come to Christ, the better. And every, every time we see them is an opportunity to witness and an opportunity it's good news. When I go out on stage, which is what I was going to say, to talk to them, to tell them that the good does better at the box office, my message is to bring them good news. 
I'm there to help them see the truth that will set them free. So people really get a fix on you. The name of the organization, that the primary organization that you founded and are running now in Hollywood is? Well, we have two parts. One is Movie Guide, and one is the Christian Film and Television Commission. And those two parts correspond to how we fulfill our mission of redeeming the movie industry, and specifically, and we'll talk about, if you want to talk about television, which is a disaster and yeah. and other things, television is a disaster. It is. And we can talk about why it's disaster. But uh, the two parts, one is to influence the people making movies because, you know, they're a small tribe of people who need Jesus. They're just like a tribe in the middle of uh, Laos or Cambodia or anywhere else. They need Jesus. And then to influence people to make wise decisions. It always breaks my heart, even with you know, people that I know well to have them go to a bad movie. You know, we have such life is short. You know, um, yeah. and if you if you have used to Hollywood used to come out with two thousand movies a year, you couldn't see them in a lifetime. So you've got to be discerning, and that means making wise choices. So Movie Guide reaches the public, and the Christian Film and Television Commission is. The, the restatement of the purpose of the old Protestant film office, which we inherited all the files. So we're listed with the Writers Guild. We're, we're listed with different guilds. I'm a member of the Producers Guild. And we go in there and say, we're here to help you reach a bigger audience. Let me make that as clear as I can. Every week, about 25 million people, 22 to 25 million people go to movies, and about 118 million people go to church. And then that increases at Easter and, and Christmas up to about 141 million. Used to be bigger. We know that, Jim. <laughs> but it's still seven times bigger than the box office. So when when Bill Mechanic or anybody's talking about the Producers Guild and saying, you know, the most powerful audiences is kids and Hispanics and African Americans and et cetera, how do you reach these people? If you're reaching my wife's Argentine uh, that culture, the Spanish-speaking culture, you're reaching about 18 million people, 20 million people if you're reaching the African-American. And it's in, all of those are increasing. But the church is the biggest people group in this country. We've taught Hollywood that this is the group that they have to reach. When we had lunch together a while back, uh, I told you that there is a world-famous photographer in Hollywood who's made his living photographing stars and uh, the significant people in, in Hollywood. And he is very well-known and very well-paid for what he does. I've known him for a long time. He's a solid Christian man. Uh, I don't want to give his name because I haven't gotten permission to do that. But I don't think he would mind because uh, what he said to me that day really made an impact on me. He's left Hollywood. He closed down his photography studios and gave up the lucrative assignment that he had with people and moved to Denver. And I said, why did you do this? And he said, Hollywood has become so evil and so wicked, I couldn't stand it anymore. How do you cope in that world? Well, Hollywood is um, a term that covers a lot of people. It's just like talking about the church in the United States. When Hollywood talks about the church, I try to tell them there are many different 
groups within the church. There's the Catholics, which are about 63 million strong. And uh, then there's the Southern Baptists, which are close to 20 million strong. And then the Lutherans, which are about 12 million strong. And they all have different makeup. And if you take one and extrapolate for the whole, and the same thing is true in Hollywood. You've got probably the most uh, debauched and uh, cynical group happens to be actors because actors are in the most vulnerable position. And uh, we were talking about at lunch how actors control the Academy Awards. And they are the window dressing on the set. So they're often forced to do things that are terrible. And they become inured of doing things that are terrible. Uh, Is the casting couch still in effect? You know, I love the... um, the new rejection of the casting couch. I think it's one of the best things that's happened. I think there's some excesses there, like any movement, but it's a great thing. But on the other side, they're producers. One of them is sitting here, worked for one of my favorite movies, The Perfect Storm. And there's some great producers. There's some great, all, most of the stuntmen I know are very strong Christian. My friend Bob Yerkes, who started one of the founders of the Stuntman Association, uh, trained Circus of the Stars, and he'd get somebody up there, you know, who was famous like Brad Pitt, and he'd get them up on the trapeze, four stories up, and he'd drop them, and he said, Have you accepted? Your, <laughs> you know where you're going if you fall. So there are a lot of good people. And um, we just have to reach the other people. They all need Jesus. They all need Jesus. Do they sneer at you? No. I, for I have, what you believe. I've said this to you before, and, and the last time we did an interview, I think sometimes it's more difficult uh, within the Christian community um, than it is within Hollywood. I'll give you an example. You know, I was doing witnessing in Africa, and I was doing four films. And I came through a little village, and a lot of people have had this happen, and this woman comes out, and she says, how do I accept Jesus? And then I was in Sri Lanka shooting a film, and the guide said, how do I accept Jesus? And the man said, well, him, and I never changed. In, in Bombay, I taught at the Bombay Communications Institute. Uh, 99% of them came to Christ. The man who ran it said, you shouldn't have talked about Jesus. This is terrible. And one of them was a banker. He stayed a banker. He led over 60 people to Christ. Another one started churches for 20,000 people, took lepers into his home. They made a difference. Now, I don't see them as being the enemy. I think sometimes the difficulty is in the community of Christians, there are Christians that are living a double life. They're going to bad movies. They're doing nefarious things, but they've put on the patina of being Christian, you know, and the, our goal is to live the, the cross every day so that we can reach people for Jesus Christ. And that's our whole goal. Well, I'm always um, lifted by talking to you, Ted, because uh, in the midst of a very, very pagan world, uh, you see what Jesus said at the field is white and the harvest. Amen. And uh, that uh, we really still can introduce people to Christ, even in a world like that. Ted, this time uh, passed uh, very, very rapidly, and there's more that I want to talk to you about. Uh, You've written a book called Real to Real, R-E-E-L to R-E-A-L. And the subtitle is 45 Movie Devotions for Families, including Scripture and the values that we've been talking about. Uh, Would you come back and let us talk about this book and uh, make people 
more aware of what it is, not only this book, but you've written 35 others. And, uh, and I want to hear more about what's on your heart. Good. You've been listening to Family Talk and part one of an insightful conversation Dr. James Dobson had with Dr. Ted Baer. Visit our broadcast page at drjamesdobson.org to learn more about Dr. Baer's organization, Movie Guide, where you can read and follow the latest reviews on hit movies and popular TV shows. While you're on our site, you can also find out how to get any of Dr. Baer's popular books about Christianity and the entertainment industry, including his latest devotional called Real to Real. That's R-E-E-L to R-E-A-L. That's drjamesdobson.org. Then tap onto the broadcast page for that information. As we close for today, I want to remind you that you can now listen to our daily broadcast through Amazon Alexa as well. It's an easy and hands-free way to keep up with the latest interviews from Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. Go now to drjamesdobson.org forward slash Alexa to learn how to get started with your Amazon Alexa. I'm Roger Marsh. Thanks so much for joining us today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow to hear part two of Dr. James Dobson's conversation with Dr. Ted Baer right here on Family Talk. This has been a presentation of the Dr. James Dobson Family Institute. Hi, I'm Dr. Tim Clinton for the James Dobson Family Institute. Who inspires you on matters of faith, family, and culture? If you don't already get it, sign up for Dr. Dobson's monthly newsletter at drjamesdobson.org. Each month, you're going to receive solid advice that you can trust. Whether it's wisdom for parents, tips for building a lasting marriage, or discernment on issues your family may be facing, you're going to find direction, encouragement, and more every month. Visit drjamesdobson.org and sign up for that monthly newsletter today. And again, that's drjamesdobson.org. You'll be glad you did.